This is the Proceedings Initiative, and these are the points. I'm Chris Kent, and I'm joining Chris Bean. Hello, Mr. Bean. Hello, sir. Let's talk about our conversation with John, John Chapelier. What was uh, some of your impressions of him? Well, I really like the Daily Six. All I think all of those, every one of those is so important. And, of course, if, if you can use those and he talked about a friend of his that that you know put on the little card that come with the book and and try to check one off uh you know a day but if you can i think if you can do those things intentionally all in one day or do your best to do those intentionally all in one day that and then you live your life like that that would, would be so impactful for you know anybody that was trying to you know trying to better themselves absolutely and even as we were talking about the daily six not only the six themselves, but he mentioned at one point too, and I don't remember if this was in reference to those specifically, but he talked about, you know, let's say a day one, you miss one day or you mess up one day, or you don't quite hit the mark for what you expected that one day. That's okay. Just try again the next time, or even depending on what it is, you could try again that same day. And I think that was important too. And breaking it down thinking about it as these daily things, things that need to happen repeatedly, things that happen over and over again, things that are something you have to practice to become better at. And I think that while we're on the topic of the six specifically was important too, because no one's going to get this right the first time. There is no quote unquote right anyway. So who's to say that you, you do it correctly every single time but you just keep trying again and you daily work on these things and these daily different practices that can lead you toward you know a more uh, not better but like leads you leads you closer to somewhere you might want to be and so that was cool to hear him not only talk about the daily sex and then also break it down and the reason he's so knowledgeable about it is He's been doing, talking about this for 20 years, which means that he's been thinking about it for over 20 years. I'm sure he's had tons of conversations with different people and different perspectives that have led him to the point where he can have that insight of it. So, yeah, I, I agree. I'd, I hadn't personally heard a, heard um, the Daily Six until our conversation with him. So to hear it straight from him, uh, I'm definitely interested in more and, and how those can be incorporated into our lives in, in many different ways. Well, I think we were talking before uh, before we recorded on how he developed these, had, had this book ready, and it was ahead of time because this is this is stuff that we're now the the workforce now the people now are in need of or are ready to accept. But when he did them, they were you know it's not the same as what it is now, and and you know that I think that speaks to his experience because without the experiences that he had, he wouldn't know how viable, how necessary those things are. And despite the people that were, you know, in power sort of say then, not ready to accept those, but we are now is 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 that's really interesting to think about. You know, he again he was he was ahead of his time for those things. Yeah, he refers to himself as the recovering big shot. And a lot of what led him to where he is now is having that self-confidence that is not hubris. So being able to hold himself back and not being overly confident or or not thinking too much of himself, but still having confidence in his ability, what he can do and what he can bring to the table is huge. And like you said, maybe 20 years ago, it was ahead of the time, but I think us as a society and a community of people are a lot more open to breaking those walls down and realizing that we are much better serving a collective or serving a group or serving a team than we are uh, on our own. It's not always about how good am I, how good can I be? 
but how good can I be? How good am I in community with other people in a team, part of a team and in service, which is part of that big six and service to other people as well. And, uh, you know, I think like, like you said, and like he said, that wasn't the same mindset a few years ago, but now I think we're all moving more toward that, which is a great thing. Fantastic thing. I don't mean it in a bad way. It was definitely, definitely kind of got us to a different perspective. And it's great to hear his message now. The message I'm sure it was the same. Maybe it's changed a little bit or he's refined it a little bit over time, but now it's a lot more applicable and, and I think um, accepted in kind of society these days. And, and speaking of, I really like that he mentions it so plainly. There's a couple of things I have here that I, I took some notes on. Um, he talked about significance versus success. And, and I personally love that idea because I don't think it matters how successful you are necessarily. Um, if you don't have something that is important to you, if you don't implement those values and those things that are going to bring you, um, a fullness to your life, then at the end of the day, I don't know how much success really matters. If you don't have things that are significant and you're not, um, pouring into things that bring significance to your life. And, and I, again, I just, I like that one a lot. Um, he also talked about behavior versus intention. And so, well, sometimes when you do something, your intention may or may not line up with what you did. And so making sure that the things that you're doing, your behaviors do line up with your intentions, not only because not only having to do with what you did, but why you did it and how other people perceive that too, because you could do something with a good intention, but someone could see you do it and think, oh, why did he do that? That was wrong. That was bad. He hurt this person or, or he, he damaged this thing or whatever it is. Your intention may have been right, but what you did wasn't correct. And so making sure those two things are correlated and they, they line up with, with, with each other and they are actually, you know, uh, beneficial in every kind of aspect was, was also really big. And then, well, can, I'm gonna go. Can I go back just a little bit? Well, about, I got one more. Can okay, I? Oh, that's fine. Go okay, ahead. All right. <laughs> and then he talked about leadership. Um, leadership too. You know, rather than giving orders, uh, ask more questions. Rather than hey, do this because I said so. It's like hey, I'm trying to increase productivity. How do you think, as someone who is on the ground doing these things all the time, how do you think we can best achieve that? And 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 kind of the both of you were, were mentioning in that position get out of the way, let those people deal with the problems. And then you recognize the good that they did and help to build them up too. And so those three things that just the back and forth, the this versus that, or this versus that, I thought was, was, was really cool. So I just wanted to throw those out there. And, and then now that I've put my hubris in front of me, I'll let you make your point. Right. Significance and success, the, the distinction between those. And he mentioned this is lots of people don't know what success is or what it feels like. The definition of success is, is vague for most people. And what an interesting way to, to, to phrase that, right? We always are seeking more and more and more, and you never know when a more or when enough is enough. When, when you've had that more and you say, okay, yep, I'm done. Significance to, 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 to uh, to frame that, to pre-frame that a little bit differently, if you can shift it from success to significance, what type of significance, what type of, and, and I guess for me, when I hear significance, I think impact. And 
with that, what type of impact am I making on the people that I'm interacting with? What type of impact do I have with my team? What type of impact do I have with my clients, with my family, whatever the setting is? And if you can kind of pull the strings behind what you're doing and allow the impact, allow the significance of what you're doing to raise the level of not just yourself, but really the, the level of the people around you, that is that that perhaps should be our our collective our definition of what success is because if if success is always more and more and more and more nobody ever has enough nobody ever knows when enough is enough nobody ever knows when they can check that box off their list however and 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 not only that but that's all that's all internal it's all internal and and you will do some very nasty things probably to somebody else in order to achieve more success, which, okay, I guess you, you know, you achieve more success in that moment, but what did that do to you and those people around you? However, if you can shift the focus from success to significance or replace the definition of success with the, with the definition of, of, I've said too many S words of, of of significance or the impact that you have on others, that can that's huge. That's huge. If you are always focused instead of inward, outward on what you can do for the people around you and how you can help them achieve more, they will be the people who come to you. They will be the people that will help you without asking whatever whatever you need because you have done that for them. And so, if again us the collective us, society, can shift the definition for success and significance. That would be huge, huge. And uh, remind, me, remind me again of your, your, your second point. Ah, yes, yes, right. And, and that, I think that goes hand in hand with that. If your intention is to achieve more for your team as opposed to yourself, then the behaviors that you have will be reflected as such. And because the behaviors are reflected by the significance, the impact, your intentions that you're trying to, to make and build with people, wow, what a, what a benefit. What a benefit. And of course, you know, the last one is as far as working, working yourself out of a job, continually allowing the people that you are in charge of find problems and then solve those problems, or at the very least come to you with a potential solution for those problems is huge. You know, we've talked about that. That that actually is a, a topic that we have talked about a couple of times now with, with a handful of different guests, really letting your team have the ability to solve the problems, right? Because what, and, and what that does for you is that means your job is then to get out of the way and let them do their thing. And we talked about this with John, what that'll do for your, your team, your company, and the clients that you have, wow, Why, it's amazing. If you can let them do the things, and of course, they're going to be the better people to ask those questions to, to find those solutions, because they're in there doing it every day. The solution that you're going to have from the top is not is going to be abstract. It's not going to be important. It's not going to be relevant to what they're doing because you don't know you're not there in the daily doing their job, but they are. So they're going to see the problems before you do, and they probably can problem solve these things probably better than you because either you haven't been there to do that job or it's been a long time since you've been there to do that job. So empower them to find the problem 
fix the problem, and then maybe tell you about it later on. Hey, this is the problem we had. This is the solution I implemented. And, and you're thinking, oh, man, what a pro. Oh, the, the solution's already done? Oh, that's, that's, that's a, wow, what a creative way to, yeah, right. That would go huge for your team. And then that gives you the opportunity to do whatever else, to move on to bigger, better things. And then you train somebody to take your job, and then you move up the, up the ranks. Wow. And a lot of it has to do with, as John talked about, making others feel important when you're trying to work yourself out a job, making sure you're recognizing them for the work they're doing and, and really treating people with kindness through some of the daily six, you know, love and forgiveness, gratitude, service, and then taking action on all those things is, 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 is a big part of it and building up that team through the connection you can make with them. And, and, you know, part of that too is, is developing that team of problem solvers Developing that team of, of people who are are trying to take your, you know, you're working yourself out of the job, developing the team that's going to take that position and seeing them succeed. And we talked about it with other guests as well, too. And that, that through line is genuinely wanting other people to do well. Now, granted, if one person does well, your whole team does well. But really, at the end of the day, you just want that person to, to succeed, you want that person to do a good job, I think is a huge uh, way to approach your relationships in the job place or you know, outside of work, just other relationships, wanting the best for people and, and taking those daily six and, and really letting that become an overlay for your life. And you mentioned too, you know, on your phone and John liked your idea of the daily affirmations um, to help reinforce your values. I, I, I wrote a note about that because I thought it was interesting when we're trying to be conscious of how we're viewing ourselves, viewing other people, maybe having that every day, reminding yourself, hey, here I am at work and I get a reminder that uh, I am a coworker or I am an employee who listens to other people and then it helps you to kind of center yourself on who you want to be. And then we're talking about listening. You know, he mentioned if you're in a conversation with someone and they're talking and as soon as they finish talking, you start talking with an answer. Well, you, maybe you weren't really listening. Maybe you're just one of the, you know, the popular phrases waiting for your turn to talk and give them the answer. If you're truly listening, you're able to detach from your own mind, detach from your own ego and listen to what they're saying and say, Hey, doesn't matter what I have to say right now. Let me, let me get out of my own head and listen to what this person is saying. And then, you know, actually able to contribute to a conversation after the fact, I thought was, was interesting too. You know, again, I think we always think about it, hear the phrase that, you know, most people aren't listening, just waiting for their turn to talk. But I never thought about it that way, where maybe you were listening for the first quarter of it, so you could develop an answer, but then you missed the rest of it, because you were turning that, that answer over in your head. But really there, if you're listening, it might take you a little bit after they finish to develop that, or think about formulate that answer, if you have one, um, because you're not already working on it and detaching from the conversation. You're doing the opposite of detaching from your mind to be present in the conversation. Well, and, you know, I think that probably is what we talked about. We talked about active listening before. And of course, that's that is active listening. That's what it is. And putting that into practice is tough because we are as humans. I think we tune out of things that aren't necessarily important to us. And we assume that whatever that other person is talking about, the problem that they're going through, the whatever whatever it is, that's not important to us. So we listen to the first five percent of what they say. Okay, this finally when he gets done, I'm going to say this, and that's it. And I think the the challenge is we have to turn like we have to to consciously turn that off, 
And we have to consciously listen. Well, a couple things. We have to consciously turn that off. We have to consciously listen to what they say. We have to actually remember what they say and then somehow come up with a, a formulated thought, opinion, idea, whatever, based on whatever it is that they, that they were talking about. And, you know, again, that is challenging because of the, the instant kind of gratitude or instant gratification society that we live in. We hear the first 5%, pow, okay, when, man, he's still talking? All right, well, when he gets done, boom, I'm going to say this and I'm going to do my part. And what that does is that shifts the, the conversation from whatever that first person was talking about to me. And it's all about me. And that's not, that's all internal thinking. You want to be an external thinking. How can you better help those people? So you have to turn that, that, turn that instant answer part of you off. You have to actually listen to what they say, remember what they say, and then formulate something that goes along with what they're saying that, that speaks on what they're, they're going through in the moment. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. And, and actually listening to someone and being able to engage in a conversation where you're not just waiting your turn cultivates, you know, that, that uh, emotional connection, which is what we're talking about here. And, and John mentioned that an emotional connection is required for engagement from a team, from a, a partner, from a friend, from whatever it is. You have to genuinely be invested in that. And that connection, that engagement creates positive feelings. And John also mentioned that positive feelings create a cycle of success. And it brings us back to success becoming um, tied into the idea of significance. And, and all this kind of works together. And it's, it's just a, a really cool perspective John can bring to us about emotional connection, working with other people, being invested in other people, and, and going out of our way to not just be trying to m- make the most money or be the most, be the better person. But I do think that we all can find uh, a greater significance, greater meaning, greater joy in life when we're truly trying to connect to people and engage with them in a way that uh, is, is uh, positive and is, is, um, you know, it, 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 there's just so much to this that, that goes beyond uh, viewing a means, viewing people as a means to an end, as opposed to People are the thing that's most important, and they're, they're the things that you need to focus on uh, in, in all aspects of our lives. Well, and, and that's something that he talked about uh, kind of early on is when he was in his first business, he would give people money and, and hoped and, and, and knew that it was going to be with something in return. And as he moved on from there after, after that gift of devastation that he received, he then gave without the the want without the need without the 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 mindset of something in return and when he started to do that the the compound interest the the return on that investment despite it not being purposeful was much better than it had been when it was purposeful for that that give and take which is which is really really interesting and that really is the essence of a inward thinking versus a shift to an, the outward thinking and the benefits that can come with it. I, you know, I think really out of all the things that, that, that we talked about with John, I think that was probably my biggest takeaway is shifting from the internal thinking, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me, to the external thinking. And of course, you know, th- that's not something that is necessarily new to me. But I think in talking with him that the experience that he's had, the light that he was able to, to shine on that really helped me to try to really make that conscious effort to focus on my team, 
my family, the people that I'm I'm talking with and, and around, and take the focus off of me. I don't want it to be me. I want it to be about them and how I can do or the things that I can do to help better them. It's about them. And in doing so, I know undoubtedly I'll have you know, a return on my investment for that, but I have to pay my dues first by giving them what they need. And I think that probably was the, my, again, that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. What, what a, what a wonderful conversation with John. Yes, sir. Yeah. Those are the great points from our conversation this week. Be sure to tune in next week for another good conversation and some, uh, some good points as well. Until next time, I'm Chris Kent. And I'm Chris Bean.